From the American Academy of Dermatology, welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Ben Stoff, Editor-in-Chief. Thanks for tuning in. We're all trying to find the right balance between saving time and providing the best care for our patients. That's why we're excited to tell you about Visual DX. Whether you're trying to solve a challenging case, engage patients by showing them medical imagery that looks like them, or look up the latest treatment options, Visual DX is here to help. Your peers have said recently that you can just see the sense of satisfaction and understanding from the patient while using Visual DX. Try Visual DX for free for seven days, then get 50% off a yearly subscription. Visit visualdx.com forward slash AAD to get the AAD discount. That's visualdx.com forward slash AAD to get started today. Hello, viewers. This is Yemi Sukumbi, Associate Professor of Dermatology at the Mayo Clinic. And I'm excited today to bring to you a conversation with Dr. Pim Arts. Dr. Pim Arts is a PhD candidate at the Osmos Medical Center, where he, after completing his thesis, will transition into dermatology residency. Excited today to discuss with him his paper on adalumumab in conjunction with surgery compared to adalumumab monotherapy for treating patients with hydroidinitis suppurativa. This was a paper published in the a recent publication from the JAD. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Arts. Yes, thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to... Uh talk about study with you today. Wonderful. Well, I take care of patients with hydroidinitis suppurativa. So I know that you are familiar with this very challenging disease that most of us are often scratching our heads, trying to find solutions, trying to find that additional way to help patients. And when I read your paper, it demonstrated what we've already sort of thought about in practical terms for those of us that see patients. Do you mind sharing with us the background of the study or how you found yourselves asking this important question? Yes, of course. So like you said, hydranitis suppurativa, it's very hard to treat. And we have the first registered biologic adalimumab, but also in the first trials of the pioneers, we see that they reach efficacy or response rate in high score of up to 60%. And high score is measured in uh, reduction of the inflammatory nodules and abscess of 50%. And they cannot have an increase in draining tunnels and uh, abscesses. So 60% sounds very good, but in practice, we still see a lot of patients who are treated insufficiently, and especially the draining tunnels are very hard to treat with systemic therapy. So I think in general, we know that we need surgery to really remove the, the chronic lesions. And I think it is done already in a lot of centers to, to combine also surgery with biologics. But there was for a long time hesitancy because of could you continue the biologic while uh, performing surgery? And we know now from the uh, SHARP study that that's very well possible. And still we hear a lot of uh, centers who say, well, we try Adelima first for a year. And then if it really doesn't work, then we go to surgery. And our thought was that it really was better to start directly with the both of them together. But there was no proof for it. So to help that we conducted the study. That's wonderful. A couple of important points that I just heard from your wonderful summary is that those of us who practice, we know this, but we didn't have the science to help us support it. And then you mentioned the critical piece, always that anxiety of surgery while on a biologic. Is it safe? Is it not safe? So getting that 
freedom, if you will, or permission to be able to perform surgery despite being on biologic is an important component of this with the new SHARP study. But in addition, it's the timing of the surgery. I noticed that in this paper, because like you mentioned, some folks will have patients on adalumumab, maybe six months, maybe 12 months before consideration of surgery. Can you tell us a little bit about that timing component that you all studied? Yeah, so there's a risk if you treat someone first with adalimumab, if you get antibodies or patients lose trust and they stop the adalimumab, it really is a shame. So we think that you need to start immediately with the surgery also because you really want the skin to be free of inflammation and give the adalimumab to keep it suppressed. So that's why we think you should start immediately and remove all inflammation and also reducing the chance of new lesions by doing that, and then use the adalimumab as a sort as a sort of a maintenance therapy. The surgery, based on your study, was initiated three months after starting the adalimumab. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. That's two sided because we also wanted to see the effect after three months for biopsies and other sub studies, and also to work with the patient to the surgery. And after that, we conducted uh, extra surgery if it was needed. And what was very exciting about the study is that we really saw that up until three months, there was a similar decrease in IHS4 and also the DOQI. But after the three months, that there was really a separation between the two groups, showing that the patients with the surgery did it a lot better clinically and also for the quality of life, which is maybe a bit surprising because the surgery itself, it also is a burden on the patients. So to see the effect already after, so three months after the surgery, it was very, very good to see. That's wonderful to hear. So you would anticipate that, well, you're putting patients on a biologic, now you're scheduling them for surgery, that perhaps that that might be burdensome to them. But instead, what we're finding out, which I think even separates even further, if they're noticing that quality of life is not only impacted, but improved with the addition of surgery, that I think truly tells us something, because you have to consider the challenges of being a patient with HS having to undergo a procedure. Now, some folks who take care of HS patients, we know the importance of surgery. For our listeners who might not be so surgically inclined, do you mind telling us what kind of surgeries you all performed? Yeah, so uh, as I told before, our goal was really to remove as much as, uh, of the inflammation as possible. So we used the limited and wide extension surgery to really get out all of the lesion. Rarely, we also did a deroofing if we saw that the low part of the lesion was really epithelialized. So then so we considered the roofing, but in general, we want to try to remove all inflammatory lesions. That's good to hear. So these are sort of, I call the simple procedures that I feel should be part of the very important toolbox of anyone who's taking care of a patient with hydridinitis suppurativa. Now, of course, the dosing of the adalumumab was the 40 milligrams weekly dosing. One of the things I enjoyed about reading this is the intent was to be pragmatic, practical, take it back to the clinician who's trying to solve this very important problem or take care of these challenging patients. Comments from you, because I know that I'm tending to use a lot of 80 milligrams weekly these days. I know that that wasn't studied. Thoughts about that? Well, we do it rarely. I think in general, we use the 40 milligrams weekly. And only if we see that patient 
is sufficiently detreated, then we can do serum adalimab in the blood and also test the antibodies. And I think we only go to 8 milligrams when we, when we see there are no antibodies and the serum levels are around 3 to 5, so suboptimally. If it's higher than 5, then we think it's just the... Yeah, that the alimab is just not good enough for the patients. And if it's lower, then it could be that the antibodies are already producing, but are still getting rid of the adalimumab. So you don't really see them in the blood test yet. So if it's really around zero, then we also stop the adalimumab treatment. And as if it's suboptimal, then we can go to 80. Is it safe to, I don't want to make assumptions here, in this particular study, did you have to do that? Did you have to check serum levels? Did you check for antibodies? Was that a consideration as you were deciding on the dosing as you followed these patients during the course of the year? Yeah, so it was really, despite the, the pragmatic protocol, uh, we didn't really go to 80 milligrams. We did, however, uh, test the antibodies and also test the serum levels. And if patients showed to have antibodies, we did discontinue them from the study because it's not ethical to continue. But there are no patients in which we use the dose intensification. Wonderful. I also found it encouraging. You know, sometimes when folks are doing projects, you kind of stick to your protocol. But I loved the idea of if you're on adalumumab monotherapy, after six months, you could switch. You could decide that you wanted to join the surgical arm because, like you said, being ethical and making sure you're offering patients the best care possible, that you're not letting them suffer while we study their disease. Did you have any patients who sort of switched lanes, if you will, or anything like that? Uh, yes, we had a few, uh, I think three or four. And we did also see in those groups that they improved after the switch. And the switch was a very important thing for us because what you say, it's not ethical to treat someone for 12 months knowing it's it's not enough. And we also know that for Adalimab, after six months there, you can pretty good, for, you can estimate the effect uh, pretty well. So that's why we chose the six month period. Wonderful. Now, one of the challenges, of course, in our study of HS in the literature, we talk about it quite often, is what measurement do we use to assess response? And I love that you used two, you know, you use the patient reported outcomes, which is very important. So we're hearing in real time from the patient with the DLQI, but in addition, you use the International Hydrodynamics Suppressiva Severity Score System. Tell me about how you just decided how you were going to look at response or measure outcomes. Yeah, so we already talked about the pragmatic form of the study. And one thing with pragmatic studies is you need to be able to include all patients you would normally include or normally treat with this treatment. And one of the things with the high score is you need a minimum of three uh, inflammatory nodules to be able to include patients. So that was a restriction for us. And also, I think that the ICE-4 shows a very good continuous variable to show the difference between uh, patients. And it's not because it's not dichotomous that you can uh, really follow the trend in the patient severity. So that's why we really like the ICE-4. Wonderful. Now, whenever even the best of studies, right, even when you put this wonderful science out there, most of us in this sort of clinical realm, academic realm, you find things you wish you could do differently or things that you believe limited what you were able to put out. What were some of those for you as you look at this work done? 
So I think it would be very interesting to see uh, the even longer term of the patients. In general, one year is long for a randomized controlled trial, but still it would be very good to see after two, three, four years which patient's quality of life is better and if she still, still see the effect of the surgery. Wonderful. And now let's be... For our listeners, I always want us to make sure that we have nuggets we can take to our clinical practice when we read our papers to help us better care for our patients and, you know, take home messages. You've done an excellent job of explaining the premise of the study, explaining the data, the science, the pragmatic approach, some of the limitations, right? What are the nuggets that you want folks to take away? And what are the nuggets that you see yourself working on as we move the work forward in this space? I think the most important lesson of this study is don't hesitate. If you have a patient in your clinic with a refined Hurley 2C3, don't go step by step. Just plan the surgery, start the biologic. So we really know that it's better for patient quality of life to just start immediately with all you have. And I think it's not really ethical for the patients to do it step by step and just realize that it's not enough if we already know that it's not enough and that we can do better by combining it. Wonderful. Well, audiences, we've gotten great information from Dr. Arts on this important work. Lots in this day and age of treating hydridinitis suppurativa. We know that we need all of the tools that we need to care of for these patients. We're sharing news in terms of being able to use adalumumab in the surgical setting, knowing that the risk is minimal. So recommendation here, reading this paper, is encouraging us all to add surgery early, early, as we start our patients with hydridinitis suppurativa on adalumumab more to come on this, but thank you for a wonderful conversation, Dr. Art. I I learned quite a lot. Thank you very much as well. We're all trying to find the right balance between saving time and providing the best care for our patients. That's why we're excited to tell you about Visual DX. Whether you're trying to solve a challenging case, engage patients by showing them medical imagery that looks like them, or look up the latest treatment options, Visual DX is here to help. Your peers have said recently, that you can just see the sense of satisfaction and understanding from the patient while using Visual DX. Try Visual DX for free for seven days, then get 50% off a yearly subscription. Visit visualdx.com forward slash AAD to get the AAD discount. That's visualdx.com forward slash AAD to get started today. Thanks again for tuning in to another edition of Dialogues in Dermatology. For more dialogues, subscribe to us through the website of the American Academy of Dermatology, then link your subscription through your favorite podcast app. Remember, the subscription is free for residents. New podcasts are released each week in addition to free special bonus episodes. You can also listen to dialogues online through the AAD website. Thanks again for listening.